All right, today we have a fantastic guest, Adam Briley. Adam Briley is an absolute stud. He has the largest real estate team in all of Nebraska. Sold 1,006 homes last year. Has a team of 50 agents. Has been in real estate for 15 years, I believe. 17. 17 years. Um, is absolutely crushing it. And one of the biggest takeaways I got out of this is the power of doing the boring thing over and over and over and over again. He was talking about, I, I was asking him what makes a successful agent. Um, and the first thing he said was prospecting and that he expects agents to call 25 times at least for the same prospect. Now, when I first heard that, I was like, that's crazy. But when you consider that most people call once, twice, three, four times, or don't even pick up the phone, uh, it's pretty easy to see why they become super successful. He also has a really high level of intention for his, uh, for his agents. He wants them to be investors. He's doing a lot of things so that they can become investors, own Airbnbs, um, invest in properties alongside of them. So he's actually doing a lot of things to curate and care for his team to become super uber successful, which I just love. Yeah. That, that abundance mentality, but also his transparency. What I loved about him is speaking about everything he's been through and, and what he feels has made him better. And he's talking about all the coaches he's a part of therapy. Like he has, he's not holding anything back. And the thing is, he's that successful. It's almost like, look guys, this is ride or die. This is real life. I'm going to do this. Uh, this is what I do. This is me. And if you want to jump on ship, then let's get stuff done. And he's obviously proven that to him and all his teammates, he can get it done. Yeah. It's, it's really nice for somebody to, to say those things because I've talked about it, having life coaching. Uh, Chris has had coaches before, but of, individuals looking to always better themselves and not better themselves for themselves, but for others, because what we do as leaders impacts others. So it's incredibly important that we continue to work on those. So that, that's Adam Briley really embodies that. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to it today. Today we have Adam Riley. Adam is super accomplished, a super accomplished real estate entrepreneur, runs an extremely large brokerage in Omaha, Nebraska, but I'm going to let him just dive into all the awesomeness that he does and the awesomeness that is Adam Riley. All right. Thanks for being here, bud. Yeah, absolutely. This is awesome. Yeah. Sorry we couldn't make it the first time, but glad we're making it happen now. Absolutely. All right, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, a little backstory? Yeah, let's do a little backstory. All right, so I've been doing real estate for about 17 years now. I got into it when I was 19, and I'm actually a second-generation agent. My dad's been doing this still to this day, so he's like 40 years in. He says 38, but he's been saying that for the last five years, so we'll chalk it up to 40 years of real estate experience. So he was always one-man show. I got into it, and I knew like right away, like, okay, I want to grow a team. Like, I need support systems, right? I want to make this into a business. I don't want to be running around with my head cut off. So early on, I pretty much maxed out every credit card I could to get all the training I could, traveled all, all across the country, and got some really good coaching and mentorship. And, um, you know, fast forward during those five-year period, I had brought on staff and agents and did a ton of with lead gen. And that's really kind of been my bread and butter is I've always been uh, open and willing to spend money to bring internet leads in. And in our business, you need buyer leads and seller leads to feed your agents, essentially. So 
that was, I ran it like that up until 2020. And at that point, actually it was 2020 when COVID hit? 2020. Yeah. So 2020 was when COVID hit. When that happened, I had a what I call a Navy SEAL team. I don't call it, actually John Sheplack dubs that name. And that is basically, there was 10 of us and we sold about a hundred million a year. So, you know, we were cranking out a lot of properties and, um, COVID hit and I was, I was literally, I was losing my zest for doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I either am going to shut it down and be a single agent or I'm going to go big, like big with it. So that's kind of where I decided to go big. I brought on uh, Kobe Sway, who now manages my team. And ever since then, he and I have been working very closely together to grow our team. So right now we have about 50 agents on our team between Council Bluffs, Omaha, Lincoln, and Kobe's really his role now is running our, we have an insurance company, a mortgage company, joint venture with title, you know, pretty all the nice ancillary services with that go inside with selling real estate, yep. residential real estate. Yep. And we are, our big vision is like, we want to be a billion dollar team, right? So for Omaha and Metro, we want to be able to pump out about a billion dollars worth of sales and annually. Annually. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we've hit a billion dollars in sales easily years ago. Yeah. You know, but we want a, a per year billion plus in sales. So our goal right now is to get to about a hundred agents by the end of the year. So, but we're very selective on who we bring on. Like we don't just, we're not big into like, we don't want bodies. We want people that are going to get out there and perform. And um, yeah, so it's just constantly going out there and pushing it and growing it. In the real estate game, a lot of people are just kind of trying to stack bodies, right? Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I don't, I've never been a fan of that. And that's why I always ran this Navy SEAL team. Like we were a family and we're still like a family, but we're just a much bigger family. And yeah, like some of these teams are, are across the country. It's like either a revolving door, like they come in and they're out or they just don't care if they're selling. And I'm like, well, if you're going to get into real estate, number one, selling real estate is a lot stressful than most people think, right? Just like a lot of things you get into. And we, you know, we're, we're always giving them the tools and to make sure that they're, they have the tools to go out there and grow their own business, take on the leads that we give them if they choose to. But also what's important to me is helping them grow their net worth because as a real estate agent, you can make a lot of money. And you can you, buy a lot of Porsches. Yeah. I mean, are you going to be that guy yeah. or gal, you know, like, so we were like, Hey, let's, let's, in, let's have you invest your money. Like, so we're, we're constantly like challenging them to like, whether it's go buy a house to flip or a rental, or I have a, a couple agents that are getting in the Airbnb game and they're killing it with it. Wow. And, um, like I got a, she's a gal on my team, just been with me for a long time. Her, her, one of the hardest working agents out there. And she has these little Benson Airbnbs and just like, I mean, her house is like netting her like 40,000. That's awesome. You know, like that's incredible. I, I think we, uh, what I tell it, every one of our employees, I'm like, guys, this paycheck should pay for all your living expenses. I mean, you should pay for your car. It should pay for your food. It should pay for a vacation. should pay for insurance. And the, the basic necessities of life, that's what a W-2, that's what a paycheck pays for. But the only way you're really going to gain wealth is start investing. So that's awesome that you're doing that because I think some people think that their, their salary is going to last forever, you know, that they'll keep getting these increases. And maybe they do, maybe they don't. But in actuality, they really don't have anything else working for them. And unfortunately, things do happen or inflation goes crazy 
and their hundred thousand dollars a year they're making is now worth seventy thousand, which after taxation, et cetera, is you yeah. know very very minimal. They have a couple kids, so that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is just helping all of them expand their mind, like you know, and that's what I I feel like that's what I've been doing since day one. Talk about your brokerage. So it's not a brokerage. To correct that, we are at Berkshire Hathaway, so that's technically the brokerage, and I run. Uh, ours is the Briley team. Yep. So we're the number one team in the state of Nebraska. We sold about a thousand homes last year, a thousand six homes. No big deal. Yeah, no yeah. big deal. And about three hundred million worth of uh, real estate. And um, we want to keep growing it. How, how do you uh, feel to get over a thousand? Was that like those last like six, seven houses? Were you guys like pumping it, screaming, screaming, going until New Year's? Just like, how do we get this done? You know what, Colin? I'm not really good at celebrating those wins. Oh, you, welcome to the club. Yeah, like <laughs> I, for me, I'm like. I, I want to do more. I want to do more, right? And like, so for me, and that's, and as a leader, you don't, that's not a good quality. I mean, I just, I'm open about that. Like, I need to be better about celebrating. Like, guys, we sold a thousand homes. That's awesome. That's a big deal. Right? That's a big deal. No team in Nebraska has sold $300 million worth of real estate. And, you know, so you think like, yeah, let's do, this is awesome. Like, good for you guys. But like, I'm like, all right, what's next? Let's do it. You know, so we're the same way. It's kind of sickness. I know. We bought. It's a sickness. <laughs> we did. We bought like $71 million of real estate last year. And I don't, did, I don't, honestly. It was closer to 75. I don't think we went out. I think there was like one closing where I'm like, we, I stopped you in the parking lot. I'm like, I shook your hand. I was like, good job, dude. And then we went off dealing with our other problems. Like, just what's did, next? <laughs> what's next? Uh, yeah, that that exactly. that can be a problem, but you know, I don't know. There has to be guys like us that want to keep pushing forward. Yeah, but because I think, I mean, gosh, then you get kind of like complacent. I just I don't know how to do both. I, my mind brain doesn't work that way. You know, I, I, it could be a downfall, sure, because it, it's nice to celebrate the wins. But like, I think you could probably uh, work work hard, play hard, if you will. Meaning, you could live your life as a celebration while you're also grinding. I mean, it's not like we hold back on the other things we take part in. No, you're right. You're right. Like we, we enjoy life. Enjoy yeah, life. Well, absolutely but it's because well, then, of this well, well no i mean uh, I, that's not a work hard uh party hard thing even though partying's fun too but i, I more mean like it you can we i want i want a cold plunge at my house period yeah i'm gonna get a cold i'm going to get a cold plunge in my house we gotta talk about that I, I, okay so, let's talk about it because i'm but I'm that, one that's what i mean by work hard play hard like i work my ass off so that if i want a cold plunge i'm gonna go buy a cold plunge like maybe that's the way we celebrate our wins i don't know let's talk about cold plunge right now for sure for sure uh i, I gotta tell you this okay yes because i'm a i'm a cold plunge fan all right tell us about it talking me out of it right now i'm doing the ice baths so i'm like all right babe I'm going to go get a cold plunge. Okay. She goes, okay, cool. And I was like, I'm just going to give you a heads up. The one I'm going to buy is $6,000. And there's another one, the ice bath one. It starts with an M. That's the one I really wanted, but those are like thirteen grand. Okay. She's like, you're not going to go spend $6,000 on this thing that you're probably going to use once or twice. Okay, fine. So I went to Tractor Supply, got my tub from there, went and bought a commercial-grade ice maker <laughs> and hired a plumber to hook it up the right way. Spent more money than the dang cold <laughs> You never told me I couldn't go do that. So, But I use that thing at least five days a week. Do you really? Oh, oh yeah. And I love it because when you're actually putting 80 to 100 pounds of ice in that tub, I mean, it's it's getting cold. Okay, so you're more mainly because not only did you just step foot in a tractor supply, which I don't really fucking it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I certainly couldn't build my own ice plunge. But, are you, I mean, look, the, the, the commercial ice plunge, the cold plunge, that's got to be good too, right? Oh, I would totally do that. 
But I just did that to like, you know. You wanted a win. I you wanted a win. Mark. And I don't like it. Now, my wife and I, we have a great relationship. We're in business together. But I do not like someone telling me what I can do. Like, I hate it. I hate it. So I'm like, all right, fine. Good for you. Is it in your garage? It's in my garage. Do you do it first thing when you wake up? No. So I, I'm i actually doing it at night mostly. And mm. for me, the reason I do it is it's amazing how it resets my mind. Ooh. Like, I I didn't realize this until last year, but I tend to run like higher anxiety. I, yeah. I found this out last year. I think well, I kind of talked about that yeah. a little bit. And gosh, it's amazing how it resets. Wow. Like you get in that thing. I sit in it for five minutes. I, I like uh, when you say night, six p.m., eight p.m., ten p.m. The reason I'm asking is I'm actually selfishly playing my own life right now. Cause, oh, like I was looking at them this morning. So. I know we talked about it. I say, well, well, they say to do it in the morning. That's what yes. they say is the best. But I just to, for me at night is when like I don't like being still. Mm-hmm. So when at home and I'm still, I I think that's when my anxiety kind of t- mm-hmm. and my wife's the same way. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, it's cold punch time. That could be a great thing for me to do like at five. That's when I struggle because like I'm finally, even though we can stop and start work whenever we want because um, I'm something would get off work at five, but it's so hard for me to stop working. And yeah. it, then it's it's hard to spend time with the wife. It's hard to spend time with the kids. And it's almost like you could, with the cold punch, you could shock yourself and just say, okay, calm yeah. down. Wife and kids, huh? Another reason I need a cold plunge. No, that that's a great idea. Yeah, I was. You know, everybody says it, nobody knows. You know, people talk about it's best in the morning because, or before a workout, it shocks your system. For me, I, I, I picture myself using it after I've worked out. I would imagine it's, it's just it's already cold in Nebraska. It's already cold in Nebraska. Like, I mean, I could go jump in the lake. I'm after, not doing that after you work out. After yeah. I work out, so um, yeah, you can go cut a hole in the lake. I know, I know. Then then I got to get out of there though. Just get a chainsaw. And- yeah. I know. Colin can't swim. I can't, I can't swim <laughs> yeah. now. Yes, he can. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, good. Now, that's. I, I, I did tell my wife this morning I'm going to get one. I don't know exactly where I'm going to put it. but That's the thing. I, I, I felt like, but here's the deal. If I buy it, I'm going to figure it out. But if I just keep talking about it, then I'm going to have to find the place and move it. Once it comes, then i got to do it. So yeah. it. You know, my birthday's in eight days, Colin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Happy birthday, bud. You can use my cold plunge. More than that. You can be the last one. Use your cold you can use the last one before you change the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, serious note. So you started, uh, I mean, this, this is where we met. We went to an Avengers event. We actually met a day before that. Like I had heard about you a bunch, um, and you know, your growth and, you know, real estate, et cetera. But we had actually met before we went to a, an event. You got to fly a little bit better than I did. I had a, I had a schmuck it through, uh, you know, TSA, but, um, we went to a mastermind, but you're saying that you started off getting mentorship and everything. I, I felt like I just found a book and started doing it and had no idea that mentorship, guidance, and stuff existed. How did you how'd you come to formulate that as your decision? Like, I'm going to go to these seminars, I'm going to take all this back, and I'm going to implement it. And I don't have a really, I don't really have an answer for you, but because I was like in high school, I was like, before I got into wrestling, I got into wrestling my sophomore year, I was kind of a fat, unmotivated kid. And then I got into wrestling. That kind of gave me motivation. Then I got into like graduating. And then I started realizing like, I want to do something big with my life. Right. And that for me, when I was young, I was like, I just want to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But there was no one around me. I mean, there's people around me that made a lot of money, but not to the level. Like when I was 19, 20, 21, everyone called me billionaire Briley. Like that was, they dubbed me that just because that's awesome of how I like interacted and how I like yeah, I got big goals and big dreams, right? And like, I'm going to just do big things, right? And so all my, like my dad and Vince Lisi, they 
Vince Lee is actually the, he's our broker. He's yep. the one that originally called me billionaire Bradley, but I'm not a billionaire. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yeah. yet. But, um, so it was just that, like, you know, I read my rich dad, poor dad book. And then that kind of like got me going and read a couple other like sales books. And then I was like, I need more, I need like in-person interaction. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're 19, 20, you don't have a lot of money at the time. And so I just, I got these credit cards, maxed them out and started traveling. Actually, I traveled down to Dallas with my first event and it was like totally poorly ran, but it, it expanded my mind and it, it made me want to just keep chasing the next thing. Uh, let's preface this real quick. Uh, maxing out the credit cards was maxing it out on these masterminds or these things that would actually produce some type of return for you. It's not like you were 19, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to let's go buy a car. credit cards. Let's go to Vegas. Yeah, 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 no, I did. No, it was, it was legit on training. It was like, I, I paid $10,000 for a, it was basically on how to invest in real estate. And that was like the first, I couldn't even tell you what the name of it was. I still have the pamphlet or the, all the books material on it somewhere in my garage, I guarantee it. But it was, you know, teaching all about creative financing and, and all that stuff too. So now, even, even if you didn't learn, even if you couldn't tie that book to a specific transaction. And I, or, could, and I can, I, I literally took that book, went and wrote on, I would write on 10 homes a, a week. And finally, but I was only going after seller financing because that's all I could do. I was, I had no credit. And, um, actually there was the city income loan. So the, you could buy homes pretty easily back then. Nice. But, um, I found an old gentleman and, uh, got him to do seller financing, did a five-year balloon on it. Got, that was my first deal. Was pretty much no money down. And I mean, so that 10 grand investment easily paid for itself on that investment property. So was that a rental? Yeah, it was a rental, and what'd you do with a rental? I kept it for probably eight years and then sold it. Okay, good profit. Yeah. Okay. Totally. That's. It, it, I was. And I wish I kept it. Yeah. Still. Oh. But okay, so a lot of people. I mean, that that seems like it's more of the. Maybe it's just new to me, but it seems like there's masterminds everywhere. There's coaching courses everywhere. There's this, this, this. It's a, it's all over the place, and I know a lot of people that go through them and don't implement like what, what was how'd you just start implementing it i know that's a stupid question but for some people they they kind of struggle with it like well i think what most people do is they overanalyze things so much they just sit there and they process like okay how can i do this how can i perfect it and it's like you're never going to perfect anything so i think my strength is in everything i do is i'm willing to fuck up yeah sorry edit that out if you have to no they won't good. they won't i'm i i have no problem failing like and i'm not scared of it I mean, I still feel I'm going to be 37 this month. I feel like I'm still pretty young, so I can still make some pretty big mistakes. So why not get out there and try shit? Yeah. So that's kind of- What's the quote? Uh, fail, not graciously, but fail intelligently or something. There's a, there's a quote that talks about- it. Done is better than perfect. No. There's a, it actually says fail. It's the it's whole- Fail point. forward. Yeah, fail forward. That Well, that's not it, but that's a perfect- I've heard that before. That's perfect because like- there's, there's a difference between failing and then learning from it and be able to recoup. And there's, there's failing, like, like ruin your whole life. But um, we tried to flip a house last year. Yeah. I flipped two houses last year and made negative dollars. <laughs> I know. B- bad idea. Yeah. Bad idea. Well, it's we, bad, we bought out of your flip house. We, we, we bought uh, $75 million worth of multifamily and I flipped one house that was like 120000 And then our other million dollar flip. Uh, yeah. But we sold them. So fun, some, happy fun, homo- some, some happy homeowners. Uh, yeah, we, we learned for that. No, I was, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day and they're like, 
wow, you've accomplished a lot. It must must be great. You you must must feel like a master or something like this or an expert in it. And I was like, honestly, I, I feel like I'm in the bottom of the second inning. Yeah. Like seriously, I feel like I'm in the bottom of the second inning, which is really difficult to get to for most people. Like that means I've gone to practice, I've shown up, like I've gone up to bat, I'm actually doing something, but I got a lot to learn. I mean, it it, it is just starting. When yeah. you start surrounding yourself with people, I was at an event, one of those Avengers events, and uh, Bobby Castro, billionaire, you know, he sold a tech company for a billion, owns thousands of rental units himself, non-syndicated, and you see the type of knowledge that he has, and he's still learning. He's still learning. He's still on the cusp. Yeah, you know, he's still going to those events. He's right? still going to those it's events, and he gets, is in awesome. I mean, maybe he's the one there helping coach, but he's going to other masterminds where he is the smallest guy in the room, and he's still learning. So I think there's a lot to be said with that of, you know, there's still plenty of time to lose or to make mistakes. And then you just go out there and try it again. Yeah. Tail four. I think the hard thing though is is when you go to those events too, is like not having a ego. Yes. When you go to that. Because then if you go there thinking like, oh, I'm pretty cool. Yeah, you're an ass if you go to Yeah, and then it's like no one's gonna want to share with you. Like yeah. you go in there with your you're the smallest guy in the room and I feel like people just share and and, and they want to help you. Like, people want to help other people succeed for the most part. Yeah, the whole point is just to soak up what you can. Like, yeah, well, I've noticed that whether it's this podcast or just coffees with random investors or whomever, like, I, I may be more experienced in one area, but you can learn so much from somebody or maybe just one golden nugget, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that ego will crush you in those masterminds. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some of these people you wouldn't know. I mean, it, it, it pays to just listen, I guess is a good good saying it was out with uh it was fortunate enough a buddy ryan larue flips houses out in uh phoenix but saw pace morby and jameel out in the parking lot and we went and ate ramen with them and hung out for three hours but better believe i my my 2600 rental units don't really matter when there's a lot to listen from them and it was more of just and it never got brought up of any type of ego even on their side of like oh look at me look at him great it was like forward thinking conversation of like these are new trends. How can we help each other? And what businesses can we build Abundance together? Abundance mentality. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What's next for you? Um, well, yeah, we haven't, we, I mean, we haven't even really gotten into I'm, what you're, what you've built. Yeah. Well, my, my focus personally is, so I still am in production. So yeah. I still represent, I mostly represent sellers and that's just kind of like my bread and butter. It's why I'm good at, it's what I like doing. And, um, so I'm still in production. I like doing it. It's, it's really hard for me to pull out of that, but a lot of people are trying to get me to get out. Like you need to focus on bigger things. So I'm, you know, struggle for me. Um, and then making sure that our insurance company, mortgage company is going, which Kobe kind of has that on lockdown and just supporting Kobe in any way I can. But probably really where my big passion is, is just building our investment portfolio. So last year my wife flipped about 70 homes and so she, crazy. she has a great system with that. And it's, and we fell into it. Like it just kind of happened. And my wife is, she's a powerhouse. Like she's, she's not one you want to mess with, but she's a sweetheart. And so, and I think that's why our crews love her so much is because number one, she's pretty and she's just easy to talk to. She doesn't, she never gets worked up unless it's with me. You know, but at, at me, right? Because I messed up. You know the buttons. Yeah, I know the buttons. I'm good at pushing them. But she's she's so like nurturing with them and and patient. So like they just they want to do good for her. I feel like and um, 
So she has that going. And so now I'm like, okay, I want to build our doors is mm-hmm. kind of where my focus is this year. 70 homes is a lot. Yeah. So you could turn your marketing campaign into either selling somebody's home or just buying it yourself. That's exactly what we've done. I just don't know why all agents don't do that. So we, we do the whole like, um, you know, we do the mailers, you know, we'll buy your house cash mm-hmm. sort of thing, but we brand ourselves to it. And I feel like that's actually a benefit because people will call us, I think, over a lot of those other investors because they're like, there's more trust with yeah. the name. Like we've been out there long enough and they feel like, okay, because I'm not like most investors where a lot of those guys are going in like 50 to 70 cents on the dollar, right? Where we're we're 80 to 90 at times. So how do you make that work? The whole tale? Um or because just, of the multiple avenues? Yeah, just multiple avenues. And then seeing like the, the potential of where it could go. And then also, um, you know, I guess I look at it as like, for me, it's it's the cost of doing business because it's a, it's a win. And then if that word gets out, like, kind of like volume, like Walmart effect, right? So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And then, and plus my reputation is more important than me making a buck. So if I have to make a little less money to make sure people don't feel like we're trying to gouge them, that's more important. Yeah, that's good. I wish, uh, but it's awesome that you're doing it, but you also press that on your team too. You're saying, look, this is a, this is a resource to you. I, I feel like I've beaten that. All I do is say, if you're a real estate agent, I do not know why you have, it's at your fingertips, the whole world. You have unlimited deals it's coming across your, your job. Well, so that I've partnered with, I have, I probably five right now, and we're adding a couple more agents on our team that we partner with on these deals. So, I mean, and that's the beauty of it because then it's not just me looking for properties. Yes. I have this little army of people looking for potential investments for us. What is your, um, and if it's proprietary, we don't have to dive in, but what is your marketing and direct mail? What, what does that look like for you? So we spend about 15000 a month on direct mail. We just use REI Print, which is a company it was REI Vault, which a lot of the bigger guys, like, there's a guy that spends like 200000 a month in Omaha right now. I don't, I couldn't tell you his name, but yeah. Really? A lot of money. Better make a lot. I don't know what the return is on that. Yeah. And I, and I've never, I heard his name once and I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. And, but you know, he just does it and kicks ass with it. But, um, so we're actually like third on the totem pole with that REI Vault. And so we have to go buy our own list because their lists are proprietary. So we can't, use their list actually because the two guys ahead of us oh they they have uh rights to the territory yeah okay but we can use the mailing system and the tracking and that's what's helpful because these guys come in or these calls come in and a, a lot of times people call and and i've had tons of hate calls like you you know you send me another damn mailer again i'm gonna come show up to your office i'm gonna do an oh okay. yeah, yeah okay no sorry we you know it's no we, we didn't mean to tick you off it's just we take you off no big deal so, you know, we get that, but then, um, we actually give them both options when, and that's the advantage for us for real estate. Like, hey, this is what market value is. And here's what our offer would be. And then we let them choose. So I would say last year of the people that called in, probably a third were listed and the other two thirds were bought. Wow. Where did the calls go? Do you have VAs or how, how does that work? Yeah. So we have, and, um, the way it works on those. So the, the, the I buys is what I call it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard that term. No, if you want to define that. So iBuy is, if you go Google like the iBuy programs, it's just, it's just think of like the instant offer, like the instant, oh, okay. hey, we'll buy it right now. Zillow tried that. 
Yeah. They didn't work out. Did not work out well. Yeah, because they didn't have feet on the ground. You know, you got to like, you have boots on the ground to know like. Some people made some money selling their houses to Zillow. Yeah, they had some yeah. somebody in a, you know, in a tech office somewhere in some other state telling you what your house is on L Street. Like, that just doesn't work. <laughs> and I love Zillow. Like, I hate Zillow and I love Zillow, right? But I definitely would never trust their Zestimate. Yeah. So how it works is the mailers go out. And then we use CallRail. You guys heard of that? Mm-hmm. It's like a tracking phone system, right? So calls into myself, which I never answer the phone on those anymore, and um, rings to about five agents plus our inside sales agent. So between whoever answers it, takes the call, and they work it, nurture it, whatever they got to do, put in a certain category. And then if not, and those are agents on our team, they're taking it because then they go meet with those folks and give them their different options. So you're just providing them the leads. So the agents are getting free leads. I mean, there's, there's a cut, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, because like how we work, it's pretty simple. It's like if you have your own deal and on our team, it's like a 70-30 split. We take 30, mm-hmm. take 70. They can work up to like an 80%. And then um, if it's a Briley lead per se, it's 50-50. Gotcha. Pretty, and same thing with the, the iBuy mailers. Those go out, that's just considered a Briley lead. So if they list it, it's 50-50 cut. So how does it work when um, there's an investment property? You'll, you'll purchase it, but they get the commission. No. Nope. Like- so if if it's one that like, if it's one of our partners, we just go into it and we're, it's 50-50. Like that's the deal. We take an REI fee is what I call it. It's $1,500 just because- Overhead. You know, yeah, there's work there's work on the back end, right? So we got to make up some of that and the overhead. And then, um, but we either decide, okay, are we going to keep this as a rental or are we going to flip it or wholesale it? And we just, and so like last year, this year, that's just basically the decisions we make is what are we doing? When you say 70 homes in one year, is that all a, an actual flip or some helpful sales in there? I would say probably 60 of them are flips in if I really? realized that. And we're around. I mean, cause we probably did, I mean, it was over a hundred of personal type deals. Okay. And they're all single families for the most part. We did one fourplex and one du- two, uh, duplex. That, that you yep. kept or flipped? Flipped. Okay. What M- Last year, was we did great with flipping because- Market was crazy. Market was crazy. And and we had the crews. Like the disadvantage that most people have, and they don't process time, is the time, the resources to go into it, and getting the guys to show up to do the work. Yeah. Like that's Or you can get a guy, like our guys are good. Like they're good quality. Like they're not like, no, it's not like a Kurt Hofer custom builder, but it's, it's good. Yeah. And where most flips you go in, it's like, man, this is shit. Yeah. And, um, but we had that, but we kept them busy. Like they did not, our guys did not work on any other projects other than ours. Like that's just kept pumping them out. That's interesting. Now you have to make sure you keep them that busy. And that's always a stress, like, because they, that is a stress for my wife and I, because we love them mm-hmm. and we, they're like family to us and we want to make sure they're always fed. So it's like, they're not employees of ours, but they're, you know, we look at it as an extension of our family. And, yeah. He wants what's best for them. Yeah. We have, we have guys that bring us deals too. And like, if we haven't closed a deal in a little bit with them, I, I always, and ter- personally, I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. Like I want to close one now. Now I want to go buy one just so they can, you know. Yeah. If you care about the people though, too, it goes yeah. a long way. Yeah. 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 What's um, I mean, your your industry and your business is, I would assume, very affected. But I'm not going to put words in your mouth. What have interest rate changes done to your business? I feel like it's a summer market right now. 
And it's been like that for three weeks, like tons of multiple offer situations. It's, it's crazy. It's like we should be marketing or something. But, but, and that's for residential sales. That's okay. So I don't know. It's, it's, we're in a weird time right now. Like I don't, like I was just talking to Vince before this. I'm like, what is going to happen? Like, what's the future? You know, I, I believe the Fed just raised the rate again, didn't they? Uh, I don't think. I thought it was a quarter percent yesterday. Was it yesterday? I don't Two days ago. Sure. Okay. Any rate. So, but mortgage rates have gone down. Mortgage home loans have gone down. Rates have gone down. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's everything. They're like at what, a three to four month low right now. So that's driving, I would assume a lot of this activity because people are like, well, we're going to buy, probably should buy. They're, yeah. The threes and fours are gone. They're not coming back. Guessing the banks are just trying to hedge their spread. They they were trying yeah. to prepare for the worst. And they're like, okay, we actually need business and to lend this money at some point. Yeah. And I, I'm not smart enough to know how that all works. But Quarter percentage. How's okay. it? Just yesterday. Yeah. It's like, you know what you're talking about or something. Yeah. So fe February 1st. So February 2nd today. So. But yes. It doesn't really affect. I, I, I This is this sounds ignorant, but like the when, when you do our approach. Now, obviously that has different effects on everything you do. But like for us, I look. Whatever the dang rate is that the bank's going to give us on these multifamilies we're buying, that's what the rate is. I don't really care. I just yeah. call them. I say, what's your rate? Oh, that's your rate. I throw it in my performa. Does it make sense? Does it not make sense? So that's why I guess we don't follow it that much. But uh, And if you're long-term like us, right? Yes. So it's like, look, I got a 6.4 rated loan. It's fixed for the next 5, 10 years. And someone's like, what if they raise rates? Well, what do you mean? Like five years from now, 10 years from now? Then make sure that the loan's up so you'll roll over to the next one or whatever. But you'll you'll recover from that. But I guess I just kind of went off a tangent. I didn't even know. That's how little I even paid attention was yeah. what happened yesterday. No, I mean, for us, we have to know. For you, like, you, you have people to. People ask. But yep. like, Absolutely. Now, it affects me. You certainly have to know, yeah. When we're buying, because when I go buy houses, I do. It's everything is an in-house loan. So for me, it's painful. Yeah. So I'm not getting these 5% uh, rates. I'm paying, I think right now I'm 7.75. Gotcha. On all of our investments. Are you using lines of credit to purchase these or? In-house loan. Okay, so gotcha. we basically do. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but basically our deal is. Oh, because you have a good deal. Well, we have a we have a good deal. I'm not going to say who it is because he won't do this for everyone. Like, yeah, I have a really good my my net worth is really good. Like I'm mm -hmm. a lot of things backing it, so obviously yeah. that all goes into play. And I have a really good reputation with the bank. Um, I mean, we've done. I don't even know, like ton, millions and millions yeah. of millions of dollars yeah. of loans. And you did 70 houses last year. I think you yeah. did quite a few. Yeah, so. But they, it's, they'll give us 85% of the appraised value. Yeah. So a lot of times we're, we're able to get it to where we're bringing like $2,000 to the table. That's awesome. To close it. And then, but it's an, it's a, is he charging me? Whatever prime is plus a percent. It's a he. It's a he. We narrowed down to 40. Yeah. Well, cause like I started hour, I'm like, I would tell friends like, oh yeah, just call him up and he'll, he'll help you out. And he's yeah. like. Dude, I can't do the same I, thing for them. Like for the first time home flipper. Yeah, yeah. We, no, we, need, I, we need to cover our risk a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we, we got slapped by we got slapped by our banker too. He's like, Chris, you can't be posting that online. Man. <laughs> I can't give this to everybody. Let's just. It's good to hear. We're yeah, just trying to share the wealth, you know. Oh, yeah. I thought I was giving them business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and they, my banker's like, man. I wish you didn't shut your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you don't need more business. When they're in house like that, you can do eighty five percent. I think the prerequisite, or I guess the standards, are that I think they have to take it to the secondary market. It has to be eighty percent. 
So like if a bank were to sell that loan off, it has to be 80% yeah. if they're taking the secondary market. But if they keep it in-house, that's world's their oyster, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And buy's great. And they only have yeah. so much cash on hand. So they want to be they want to be very protective of what they are doing yeah. in-house. So. 85 is great, especially when we're buying a $60,000 house. Yeah. So, um, man, okay, th- th- there's a lot here. So your team, you got 50 agents. You got Kobe, correct? He's running it. Um, and you and just hired uh, her name's Colleen. She's actually she's replacing Kobe's role. Okay. To because what we realized last year is like we added mortgage and insurance. Well, Kobe's he's the one like making sure those are running good. And so, but that takes away from the agents and making sure that we're holding them accountable and we're nurturing that to make sure. So Colleen actually just started on the first yesterday to start basically being the accountability coach if you want to call it well congratulations because that's a that's a big step for a, a business builder mm-hmm. to to not only have the ability to remove yourself because that's tough yep but then also find the person who a you trust but b trusts you like well, i'm sure colleen left whatever the heck she was doing beforehand and that's a big jump but i mean now she runs a whole team that you put together so that's awesome congrats yeah, when did you start removing yourself? You said that was 2020. Yeah, I was saying when I was saying review, remove yourself, I meant you and Kobe. Yeah, well, Kobe's Kobe. I will. He's a brother to me. Like, yeah, just like probably how you guys work, right? Like, so he's I trust him how he how he runs things, and he can make. I mean, he I give him pretty much full control to do what he feels is needed to run the team. Yeah, or, or any of the business that we're involved with, including. He doesn't, Colleen. Do, he doesn't do yeah and he's the one that hired colleen um he doesn't do anything with the whole i buy stuff like he's not in with investments now we partner with him like uh we're doing stacy and i and his wife amanda his wife kobe's wife amanda is my number one producer on my team she's wow. a 20 plus million last year kills it you know just from small town somewhere in fargo yeah somewhere around there you know farming community just is a workhorse what makes a successful agent what are some of the characteristics that you've noticed i think someone that's willing i mean you got a prospect you gotta pick up the phone right yeah like just like probably you guys finding deals you gotta pick up the phone you gotta like be proactive if you're gonna sit back and just wait for a lead to work right like man there's no they, deal. they watch this selling sunset set uh, whatever that shot was. <laughs> like well they, the, those brothers they put in the work yeah, it's funny. I don't want to brought yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's funny when um everybody I know this because my wife loves selling out. Okay. <laughs> when I first started, everybody's, everybody's like, "How are you finding these deals?" Drama. No, that sounds terrible. It's drama. It's fun to watch for drama. Yeah, everybody's like, "How are you finding these deals? How are you finding these deals?" You know, I looked on the MLS, and you know, I'm not seeing anything. Okay, did you offer on it? No. Well, it, it's a deal at a price. Like, yeah. give the price of the deal. Oh, did you uh search for multifamily owners in Omaha and then? Decide to send them letters? No. Okay. Did you go and just put in their name and their address and see if a phone number popped up? No. I mean, all different ways. I but I listened to Bigger Pockets for two months. But I did listen to Bigger Pockets for two months. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I attended one meetup. I know. Congratulations. Did you see that for rent sign out there and call that? Because you know on the other side of that, there's an owner That's good. that has a vacant property that he might just sell it because he doesn't want to fill that shit. Yep. Uh, n- no. Like, so it's, yes, back to your point, prospect, you have to do the work. You have to do the boring work over and over and over again. The boring work. That's the, it. The, the mundane, boring-ass work. There's nothing sexy about it. And that's, 
who's ever willing to do that is the one that's going to win. I've heard that a million. It's because it's true. What pushes the ball forward? It's it's doing that type of work. What what creates your outcome? You have to do those things. Nothing is going to fall in your lap. Yeah. Nothing. Even the lottery winner still had to go buy his Powerball tickets. He had to go to work and go make that money to go buy his Powerball. He had to do some work. But most of those guys lost it all away. Yeah. So. Yeah. They well, the study is like 89% yeah. of those. There's something ridiculous. Well, that was their investment strategy. So, yeah. so <laughs> they gave it to their friends that <laughs> yeah. invested it into some that's new business ideas. Yeah. Really okay. So, so besides that, so, okay, they got a prospect. So, that means they have to, I'm putting your words in your mouth, the agent has to be disciplined. So they have to show up. They have to be disciplined. They have to do the boring work. Yeah, like let's take Amanda, for example. She has her set schedule. She shows up. She prospects prospects during certain times, you know, at every all through the week. Um, she's doing a good job of staying in touch with her past clients because that's important too to make sure she's providing value. Maybe it's a market update, just making sure she's getting referrals from them as well. And... Um, you know, just constantly like, you know, reach out for the next one, but being systematic about it. Like she does mailers and pop buys for her past clients. And that's what a lot of our top agents do anyway, but it's, um, or like, let's say it's a newer agent on the team and we do a lot with lead gen. So we're, the, we're Omaha's, we're Nebraska's only Zillow flex team. And what Zillow flex is, there's two ways that you guys have heard of Zillow, right? So Zillow is a multi-billion dollar company. And there's two ways that Zillow makes their money. They either make it from real estate agents paying monthly for leads. Like when we left Zillow market-based pricing, we were paying them 30 grand a month mm -hmm. and we switched over to Zillow Flex. And so we don't pay them a monthly fee anymore, um, but we pay them a referral. So like last year alone, we paid them over a million dollars in referrals. Wow. So, you know, it behooves them to give us more people because they make more money you know, it stinks because we got to pay a hefty referral. How'd they choose you? Performance. Yeah. Our performance. And then we're actually one of the top teams in the country for our performance, for the number of leads we get for the conversion and customer, they track customer satisfaction. If you don't have above a certain percentage score, you will never be asked. Now I had, we had to go through an interview process. It took like four months to, to get it. So they're really holding you accountable. So it's like, you're almost a franchisee. An organization. Yeah. 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 Like you, you have to follow those rules and it's a little bit, we're, we have a great relationship with them now. So like we're, it's, we're awesome. But like they're in the beginning, it's like, man, did we make a mistake by doing this? You, you obviously do have a good relationship because if you, uh, if you pay them a million referrals, that just means you've, you made a lot more than that. Yeah. And, and, and then what it does is it feeds the ancillary services. Right. And then it feeds my agents too. But Let's take lead gen, for example. If you get these leads that come into you and you're an agent, there's a lot of real estate agents that will call a contact like twice or three times. And we're trying, we try to instill into them like, guys, 25 times, 25 times. Like, you can't just think you're going to call them or like how many times you call a prospect and they ghost you and they ghost you forever. And then, like, I got this guy, he has a package of homes. I've been working him for five years and I just heard from my ISA as I was pulling up to here to do this, she goes, Hey, so-and-so just called. He now wants to sell, you know, like, but I put in that work and then like, you thought of us, right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but like, it was literally month after month, I would reach out and I was texting with myself or phone calls with myself. And then, but because I put in that work, he's like, Oh, Adam's the only crazy guy that's 
consistently called me. Yep. You're top of mind. Top of mind. It's it, it's the same thing with you know starting the meetup group. Everybody's like, you should be charging for that. You can make so much money. Uh, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And you know, I'll come out with some sort of paid model, which I'll use it to make it better. But because I'm top of mind for a lot of different items, like, oh, who buys real estate? Well, I know Colin buys real estate because he talks about it every month. He spends his spare time organizing events to talk about real estate yeah. and he continually does it. So it's being top of mind, being just, so you have prospect, you have follow up. I love the 25 times. That's, that's but a lot. It's amazing. That's hard for like, it's like, it's hard to be told no. Well, yeah. I mean, as an agent or for like, especially a newer agent, like they don't get with them right away or they just don't get a hold of them within like five contacts, let's say. And that's probably, that's me even being wishful thinking. If you're talking about the whole market, they probably give up after three attempts. Well, they didn't answer, so I'm gonna go on to the next. Boo, fucking who? Man, keep calling them. No, yeah. right? pick up the phone. What is that? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Pick up the phone. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but like I was alarmed by this statistic. So, in the Omaha Board of Realtors, Vince just told us this Tuesday: sixty-two percent of the agents in the Omaha Board of Realtors system, so there's about thirty-five hundred, sold less than two homes last year. Jeez. It does not surprise me. That's that, insane. That does not surprise me. It's home. So that's like they made like, if they're lucky, $10,000. $10,000 total. Plus taxes. Minus taxes. I think that the, uh, I think the important thing for them, right, would be to maybe jump on a team like yours. Yeah. I mean, that's like most, and that's, yeah. Like, because if, they, if they're, if they're rolling solo or whatever, or they could have a, just a bad team because there's a difference between maybe some lead gen, but then like no coaching, no nurturing, no yeah. anything. And, most teams don't do the lead gen. They're, actually, I shouldn't say there's a lot of teams that do the lead gen. We do, but they don't. Yeah, they don't have the whole package. And I'm biased, of course. But like, I had a guy. He's a new guy that's looking at our team, and he came to our sales meeting Tuesday. And uh, this is why I don't do this. This is why it's all Kobe that does this because he go he comes up to the office. He's like, Hey, can I grab a minute of your time? Yeah, sure. And um, he goes, So why should I be on your team? And I start giggling. I'm like, I'm not going to sell you on being on my team because if you don't see the value from what we just went through, like, yeah. I probably shouldn't be on my team. Mm -hmm. And Kobe's looking at me like, Dude, that's. Dude, dude I need this guy. He's a big yeah. deal. Well, yeah. He's like, Can you just let me handle this? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and maybe that's like my ego coming out. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm sure it's a little bit of ego. Chris has to pull me back sometimes, too. He's like, Colin, did you really have to say No, that's that? ego. No, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. It's not, actually, because I'm sure there's a little bit of ego, but it's also like I can already sense from that dumbass question that you're not going to do what it needs to get yeah. done. Have you done like, research and seen our stats and seen what we do and seen how everybody else produces? I'll tell you why. Why are you here? Yeah. You got up, you brushed your teeth, you got dressed, you came to this meeting because- well, that's why. Well, and the Adam Lyons, go back to him. So he was a real estate agent in London, and he told me how the t he ended up being the number one salesperson uh, in his brokerage is because how that how that works is like, first, if you want to, you like apply, and it's like a six-month plus process to get into the brokerage. Wow, so not like here. Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, you can get into a, <laughs> once you're licensed, like anyone's going to hire you, yeah. like for the most part, like as a brokerage. And so they make you chase them. So they'll float out like different ideas like, yeah, if you want, maybe you can stop by the office. And it's the ones that actually show up. Those are the ones like okay. if they do that month after month, like, hey, I'm I'm Adam Lyons. I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I'd love to be on this at this brokerage. So like it's the ones that keep doing that over and over again. They're like, OK, they're committed. 
Like yeah, Beretta. That's cool. So who's that big agent out of New York? Like Ryan Seahart. Yeah, there was an yeah. Yeah, there was a story that he was saying. I'm, I'm going to somewhat butcher it, but basically he was a young agent, got some crazy offer from this guy that wanted to buy an eight and a half million dollar penthouse. It's all written up, and Ryan's just like, yes, you know, I'm going to make a big commission. I've hit it. Like, yes. Gets it under contract. Guy goes him. And Ryan's just text him every every minute of every day, just reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. Guy goes him. Three months later, you know, it's locked up. Attorneys are going after it. Deposit comes in. The guy sends the earnest deposit of like $100,000 or $500,000 or whatever. So he's like, yes, making progress. Goes him for another three months. And he's just writing them every single day, every morning, every night, every morning, every night, nothing, nothing, nothing until one day guy responds. Um, I can't remember the message that he sent him to like perk his interest, but the guy responds and, oh yeah. Um, oh, cause Ryan said, I'm going to be in London. Would be great if uh, we caught lunch he's together. His bluff and he's yeah. Just- and he's calling his bluff and he's like, oh yeah, perfect. I'll meet you there. It's like, oh shit. So he gets on a plane, goes there, sits around this cafe for like six hours or something. All of a sudden this guy comes down. There's like a, like a caravan of suburbans that comes down. They meet each other. The guy actually finally does the deal. Just this big, crazy process. And then he says, now fast forward, they've done $500 million of transactions together. And the reason why the guy didn't care is because he's a multi-billionaire. And this was like, Something he didn't care yeah. about. Yeah. It was literally, it was literally like buying a pair of shoes for Tuesday. It's for like buying cryptos. Yeah, and he did not, <laughs> and he did not care. But he stuck with that, and just look at the return on just being persistent. It didn't cost him anything, but the time, and he wasn't making money yeah. doing anything else. So that's a very applicable story. That is so. Okay, you're talking about the the Navy SEAL mentality and kind of the training. How do you? I feel like you're. Are you kind of breaking these people down and building them back up? To well, begin? so what I meant by the Navy SEAL team is, again, this is a, I heard this from John Sheplak, who's an amazing real estate coach, right? And um, Just he, more like the ride or die, dude. Oh, sorry, actually, you, you tell, you tell. Well, so the, what that term, it's not probably what you think. It's not uh, anything to do with the sales. It's just a Navy SEAL team is when you hear that term is basically it's a small number of agents pumping out a large number of deals. Was well, the team leader... Number one, you don't get rich off a team. Like I don't, I don't care. Like I, it's very. There's very few people that will make a lot of money on their team. You, essentially, you're going to make money on the ancillary services. That's mm-hmm. really how you're going to make your money. Like, and that's what I found. You know, again, very few. There are some that make money, but it's not a lot. And um, so, Navy SEAL team, small number of agents pumping out a large number of deals. Well, if you lose one or two of those agents because they go start their own team or they go to another team, well, you just killed your numbers. So that's so the whole idea is like so. Then I was like, man, because I've lost big producers, I've let go of big producers because they were just a cancer to the team. And um, it's so when you lose like a ten million dollar plus producer, well, that makes a big impact on your numbers on you know, money coming in and just marketing numbers, stuff like that. And so the whole idea is like, okay, well, we're going to go, we're going to go big and we're going to bring in a lot of agents. We're going to give these guys all the tools. So that way, if you lose one top producer, you have 10 more right there ready to go. So you get that are there go. Yeah. So that's when you hear that Navy SEAL team in the real estate team world, that's kind of what that means. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. So with the training though, I mean, how, what what are you doing? Because a lot of people probably, I mean, they've already passed some certain sniff test to be allowed on the team, I assume. Yep. 
But then what are some things that you're instilling? And maybe you've already gone over them, but the the 25 times, like that 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 number's sticking out to me of just kind of being a minimum of how often. What are some of these things that you're breaking down some barriers of like, guys, this is what we have to do to, guys, gals, this is what we have to do to be successful here. Yeah, so, you know, it's so when they first start, they have to make a thousand, and I'm not as good as this because this is all Kobe's system. I mean, when before Kobe, guys, like, I would literally, my Navy SEAL team, I'd feed them the wolves. Like, okay, you guys are going to do as I do. Like, this is what I'm doing. So I led by example. And when you're in the trenches with them, it's easy to do. So that's how I did it. And um, like Amanda, one of my top, that's how she learned. And she's still like, she's a powerhouse. And um, she actually sometimes feels like we're too easy on some of the new people. But Mm -hmm. So when they come on, they have to uh, make a thousand phone calls before they can, they have to do certain things. Like they have to go get a certain number of reviews. Um, they have to have references. They have to make these phone calls just to get them used to making phone calls repetitively, right? And um, and a lot of it's just cold calling, yep. you know, unfun stuff. And then yeah, sure you're gonna do it though. Yeah, and then and then they're going through a lot of uh, training as far as like um, how our CRM works and. Uh, contracts, writing contract, purchase contracts, listing contracts. And it's all in like, there's videos that we've just made that they can watch and they can do it at their own pace. So some folks, some of them take a month to do it. Some of them will knock it out in a week. Some of them have taken two months. So they have to do all that before they can go out and take any leads. If they go sell a house, that's fine. We'll help them through that. Cause so Every time an agent joins a team, they get a mentor. So another agent that's a veteran gets assigned to them, and then we pay the the, the vet, you know, basically based off of their performance. And um, that's this like essentially as they're coming on. But then the biggest thing is just constantly reminding them, like I we repeat most of our team means it's repeating some of the most basic stuff, such as just like okay. Everyone, raise your hand. Who spent more than four hours prospecting this week? A lot yeah, of times it's like- raise their hand or not, they're like, oh, shoot, I should have probably been doing that. Yeah. Or like, all right, have you made more than, have you hit your 25 contacts on your last 10 leads? You know, we make, raise your hand, you know? And so in the beginning, it was like one or two, and then slowly over the course, you get more and more people raising their hand and- you know, and I'm like, I don't care if you raise your hand. This is on you. Like, yeah. this is your paycheck you're affecting, not yeah. mine. Like, I'm all right. You know, what's that whole, uh, get into the Greek? Like, I got 22 kookaroos. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, right? <laughs> because like, and for me as a team leader, like, I don't need their money yeah. to, to live my life. Yeah. Like, I have great investments. I don't know if I've heard anybody quote that movie. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> It's actually one of my wife and I's favorite videos. It's so good. you want to just laugh. Now I need to. Now I need to see that again. But it's, you know, it's like, so I don't, and that's what I think what's a little different is like, I don't have to have them perform, but we want, it's like, you have to be able to want it. I can't, I can't motivate you. Mm-hmm. You have to find your own motivation. So we, we are big on like, okay, what are you going to do? Like, what are you doing for yourself spiritually, mentally? You're, are you taking care of your health? Like. So one thing I've been pushing is like, I gained weight guys. Like over the last 10 years, I've put on a lot of pounds. So mm-hmm. I'm like, this was the year that I was like, this is the year that I'm going to start taking care of myself. So I cut back on my booze. I've, you know, I've lost 18 pounds since I started this three weeks ago. Nice man. And but I, I have to, cause I'm like, I can't 
tell them to do this stuff and not do it myself. Yeah, right? I, I went through the, the the coming to Jesus moment last year when my wife's like, okay, this is a, we had a pack and you know, when we got married and uh, one of them, we, we wouldn't tell each other how to spend money. Not because it's like, hey, I want to hoard money here, but it's like, I buy stupid stuff. She buys stupid stuff. We view it as stupid stuff. That's fine. Like, it's cool. Just, just go spend it, whatever. And then if we get out of shape, we will tell each other. Well, of course she has three kids and looks the fucking same, but me, I gain all the baby weight and gain 40 pounds. So, uh, yeah, that's I, what I did. I, I had to do something about it. You know, there, there is something saying that the, the man, do, the man does, uh, gain it. No, alongside up, I, however, my wife lost it all. Same with, same with my <laughs> wife. I, I don't understand. Like we have, you have two kids and you're right back down to where you started. Yeah. Here I am. And not ever, not every, not I can't find her like that. No. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. And she certainly tried hard too, but I was like, what's my excuse? Yeah. <laughs> like, what you, am I doing? You're not, you're not like hardly, you know, like. No, put down the extra cocktail. Like th there you go. That's do you, what it is. Do you really need taco <laughs> Tuesdays, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? <laughs> like, do you need the extra chorizo on your taco? So yeah, that's uh... Well, and then what does that do? Like I was drinking every single night. Yeah. Like literally I'd have, I was a big scotch guy. I'd have, uh, I'd sit out. You know, we lived on an acreage before we sold it this last year. So the last five years, I'd sit outside, you know, uh, during the summer, springtime. I'm a rocking chair. Well, I would work on my computer, do a lot yes. of catch up, but I would have like probably four scotches, yeah. a cigar. And just living a billionaire bride. Yeah, night. but it was every day. Yeah, yeah. catch up to you. And I'm like, Wait. you don't think it affects your mind? And you don't think it affects your performance, but it's like. Oh, it does. Yeah, because now I haven't been doing that. And I'm like. My wife's like, you have to stay on track because, dang, you, your mind's like a whole, you're, it's like you're sharper. Feel better, look better, everything. Yeah. You sleep better, get up, you have more energy. Yeah. So I, I suffer. Sleeping was what, it was in, what really made a difference. I, I know. Yeah. I suffer from the same thing uh, living on a lake. It's just like, oh, it's vacation time. What's up? Let's go on the boat and have a drink or three or something right. by the dog. It, it pays to surround yourself with uh, people who are thinking that way as well. That want to pull you away from that. Like it's okay to do those fun things and relax, but like, how do you, how do you slow it down? Yeah, just I have just, to stay away. Like, cause yeah. we have a place in Boji, or and uh, when I go there, I'm like, Boji time. It's Boji time. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible not to. So we decide we're gonna Airbnb our place this year because we're like, I just, I just can't. Cause I'd go there every weekend. Yeah, and every weekend I'd be, I'm an IPA guy. Yeah. You know what IPAs do to you? Oh. <laughs> You're drinking a lot. Those feel, feel wonderful. Still yeah, it's so good, I know. It's like the worst beer you can drink. It really is. I've only had three beers in like since June. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. yeah. You were the catalyst for me getting started on this whole health. Like you did, but you have beers. But I also beers, hit, you know, I also hit a, hit a portion where, you know, the, the inflammation on my face was, it was a little exceedingly. 18 pounds in three weeks. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. They say the first few pounds are the easiest though so we'll see how far this goes yeah so what's the that's what's the goal with it that's some bullshit negative I, right yeah, no. yeah i weigh i'm at 240 uh right now so i was at i hit 260 um so i'm at 240 right now so 20 pounds but um i i fluctuate five pounds in a day easy so i have to get down to 200 my initial goal is by may i want to get down to 215 you will yeah you will so what are we going to do to do it? We start doing push-ups right now. Let's get yeah, after it. The push-up contest. Yeah. I just, for me, it's like, you know, it's, it's a simple stuff. It's like tracking your food and my fitness pal, which I hate doing, but it's like, it's just become a habit. The boring stuff. Yeah. The boring, the boring stuff. stuff and working out every day. Yeah. 
and you love working out. Yeah, I love working out. It's like it's my stress reliever. Yeah, you know. But and the biggest thing was cutting out the booze. Yeah, there's calories there, and it yeah. is the sleep. That's that's what starts detriment, and then you can't, you just can't work out as hard, and then you make bad decisions with your food because it makes you feel better. What I would do, I this was, I mean, talk about gross. I would wake up, so I I wake up in the middle of the night and I go to the bathroom. I have to pee. Yeah, I'm like I have to pee right now. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and but look, look how much water I'm pounding through. But like, I always have cotton mouth, like so I'm always drinking, um, and. Oh, I drink so much beer. Are you so <laughs> So I'd wake up. I wake up in the middle of the night, and then I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, let me go in the kitchen. There are Reese's in there, <laughs> <laughs> or oh, peanut butter. Uh, peanut butter is always my go-to. So I'd have like three big spoonfuls of peanut butter. I mean, you know what that it's does like, to your gut? It's like 600 calories. Yeah, but you know what that yeah. does to your gut it, when you're sleeping? Oh. Like, and you sleep like shit. Yeah. So it's like, what am I doing? Because I have a very addictive personality, extremely. So, like, you put something in front of me, like, ah, you know, I just go crazy. All or nothing. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, you guys know uh, DoorDash does a double dash, right? And uh, there, there is something wherein you order Cold Stone, and then you order some crumble cookie that coincides with it. So you get some oh. Cold Stone ice cream with some chocolate chip cookies, and you put that Cold Stone with that chocolate yeah. chip cookie, and you eat the entire pint. Yeah, with two like, cookies. That's like what two thousand calories. It's like two thousand calories for two bites. Yeah, yeah. You do cook crumble cookies like a thousand plus for that one. one that's why a serving's like a sixth of a cookie. Yeah, because yeah. when you look at it, it's like what two hundred fifty calories. Yes, per yeah. serving for three bites. Wait, that's you <laughs> that's find not the whole cookie. Find me that psycho that only has one bite of a crumble cookie. I'll eat two crumble cookies easily. Yeah, and one only. Yeah, like it's like crack. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, <laughs> my, my two-year-old, he gets that much, but that's because I hide it really high from him. That's all he gets, so a two-year-old. Crumbs a cookie, why are you going? Uh, no. Two or three, man. No, that's going to go for I know. That's... I really, 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 really could, actually. Uh, but, but before we go, we have, there's some of these I haven't got into that I want to get into. This is the final three with CNC. If you didn't know who CNC is, it's Chris and Colin. Uh, but uh, I'm going to ask you more than that. But the first one I'll start with, and I ask this to a lot of people, are habits. What are, it doesn't have to be daily, but what are habits that, that you, I mean, we just talked about it, but what are some daily habits that you have? So, uh, um, for me, the healthy habits that I'm doing that when I'm doing them, I, it, to me, it truly makes a difference is number one to start a little bit backwards is making sure I'm getting to bed at a decent time. So like I try to be in bed, not sleeping, but I'm in bed by 10 and then generally I read the Bible. So I'll generally pick up the Bible and I'll read out of whatever book I want to read out of, you know, that I'm on. And then I'll generally, so I'll read there for about 30 minutes and then I'll read. Is that at night? At night. Okay. And then I'll read, um, you know, some sort of like self-help book generally. At night as well? At night. And then um, getting up. So lately what I've been doing is I get up and I go lift my weights. So I get up around 5.30, get up, go lift weights around from like 6 to 7, come back, shower up get the kids off to school and then it's whatever I have going on that day. Yeah. But that that's awesome. So the so the habits for me is like okay, what am I putting in my mind? What am I putting in my body? That's what I'm focused on. That's it. And then the for me the work stuff will just become easy. Yeah. Who's the book that wrote Who Not How? Um Dan um Dan Sullivan. Not Dan Sullivan, but uh he, he wrote it with him. But yes, yeah, the, one of the Dan Sullivan books. It's either in Who Not How or one of the other ones. And he talked about that the last hour before bed, it's near the end of the book, that 
the last hour of information or things that you are consuming occupies like 80 to 90% of your sleep. So that is what your mind is focusing on. Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Benjamin Hardy. So the last hour of information you're putting in. So think about it, how many people are like, Instagram like, this person doesn't like yeah. me. I'm going to watch the news. And literally that it, that infects you. So I've been listening to um, Dr. Joe Dispenza as soon as I wake up. It's like some meditation and breathing. 10 minutes, it's plugged into my head and it's positivity. And I'll tell you what, it is weird the difference it makes because the other day I tried, I was like, eh, I'm being kind of lazy. I'm going to watch a show. And I put on like some zombie show. I'm like, I'm doing okay. I'm going, in, I'm getting on my Peloton, watch some zombie show. After 15 minutes, I was like, I don't feel good. It like I, I literally didn't. This not... is your morning routine or your nighttime routine? No, th this was in the morning. Like but you see you on your Peloton with a zombie show. Yeah, I know what that's going I, I want ACDC in the come back. On, come on, man. I want to watch the show. It's a, it's a, I want to watch my show. It's a, it's a good show. The Last of Us just came out. But, uh, yeah, 15 minutes of zombies. I'm like, gosh, I need to get something positive in my head. This sucks. Like, I'm depressed. There's yeah. all this murder and everything. And so, it, I mean, similar with that at night and um, in the morning. So there's something uh, with the, the your mind and how it's thinking and how it's, it, although you're in a slower state, there's a portion that's like absorbing emotions more mm -hmm. in that first like 10, 20, 30 minutes that you typically don't capture. So putting that positive information and like, that's why people try practice gratitude and everything in the morning sure. because it sticks with you. So, the human, and I got to work on that. I got to work on the gratitude. Uh, journal, right? That's what you got to do is journal. At least the, like the human approach or whatever, like that's the big thing. Wake up, make it about you, journal a bit, either goals or gratitude or I've heard really good things. Huberman also says that two drinks a week are bad for you. So you know what? That's a little intense. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Huberman's an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Uh, no, first off, he doesn't necessarily, I mean, he, he's just relaying science. He is relaying science. He's just, he's we just, just can't handle the truth. We just can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah. Science is fake. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, Huberman. No. Uh, okay, I get it. I, wanna, I have a question. So you talk a lot about, like, the, one of the reasons you've been able to build your team, other than your relentless, relentless work ethic, is um, mentorship. Now, right now, who would you consider a mentor in your life? So I have a few mentors. Uh, I'm going to consider Adam Lyons is now one of my mentors, and um, he. I'm going to go deep with him. So I'll be going deep with him. And so far, we're two calls in, and it's been extremely worth it. So Vince Lisi has probably been my biggest mentor in my life, and he's the broker of our company. We've done tons of investments together, and. Um, and, and they're normally their investments that I'm bringing to him and he sees the value in it. And then, um, he's just always like, he doesn't give me handouts. It's nothing like that. It's just more like, all right, like, all right, Vince, this is what I'm struggling with. Like, what do you, what do you think? And he's just, he's always been there to help me, like guide me in building my business. So he's, I have another one that I don't, I don't share his name, but he's just a multi-billionaire and very good with business and he's really expanded my mind on money and um, I've never put money on a pedestal but like really really opening my mind more than it already was on the whole you know other people's money right like I was always big into financing why not I I like leverage I'm not scared of leverage but he expanded a whole nother just like how to work the tax game and and leveraging and other people's money and just how to really take that and then and grow my net worth to a whole nother level. So he's really been impactful as well as far as expanding my mind. 
any tips in there from from him that you think uh, everybody he should? Chelsea is. Um, no, you can't. Uh, well, sometimes like it's just like when you go to these events, right? It's like I know I keep saying like the expanding the mind, but like to me, like I try to do things that scare me. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you know, I remember we were talking about a deal, and it was a five hundred thousand dollar investment. I I had never done a five hundred thousand dollar investment at that time. How am I going to do this? I need five hundred thousand dollars cash. Like, how am I going to make that work? Okay. So I'm never really cash heavy. Mm-hmm. Just never have. And so I'm like, how am I gonna make this? It's a really good investment. I'm gonna do this. So he's like, all right, this is what you could do. And so, you know, like I went to multiple different banks. Most of them told me to go F off. Mm-hmm. And but I got three of them to commit. They all knew what that was happening. I got the investment in, but they all wanted a smaller piece of the pie. Got my investment in there. And that investment has that five hundred has turned into like one point five. No big deal. Oh you know? man. So it's it's just, and I, I would have never thought to go and like, oh, and go talk to multiple banks and get an unsecured loan on a deal like this. That's going to be. Because it wasn't real estate. It was just, an, it was a business investment. Mm. So like, okay, cool. That's how I'm Is the, the, the phrase uh, going deep, uh, is that, have you heard that from other coaches or not? Because like I, uh, I actually, when Trevor McGregor, when I used him, like, I think it's, it's Tony Robinson. I don't know for sure, but he's like, okay, come on out. He's like, he'd stop me, right, in the middle of a session. No, stop. No, let's go deep. Let's do this. Like, it's, it's like burrow down. Like, let's get to the, the root of this so we can build up the foundation or something. Is that kind of what you mean? Well, that, like, when I say that, I it's like, uh, it's a couple different things. Like, going deep with a certain, like, instead of, like, going super wide, like, so in business, like, yep. set, doing all these things, like, half-ass, like, let's just pick a few and go deep with it. But then um, one thing, so I go to therapy at least once every two weeks. And uh, my wife, that was a, my wife's suggestion. <laughs> um, but I got the ice machine. <laughs> but I will say that has been impactful because going deep with a certain topic. And a lot of times it's like the most simplest thing. Like, like for me, like one thing I came to realization, this was last week. I was talking, I'm like, man, things have been going great. But then... Uh, what happens is like there was, there's something that, that will trigger and then like my wife and I got into an argument. It just threw the whole damn day off. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, the problem is, he goes, it's because you're not like, as we're talking through, he's like, most people, they're not, I'm going to say this wrong. They're not comfortable being okay. They're not okay being okay. Mm. So like the moment things are too comfortable, too okay, because like shit just, you do something to self-sabotage it and mess the whole thing up. Like, Cause like for me, I've always put myself in an uncomfortable situation. So I, I'm guessing that's why you like that that. fight. Yeah. I like that. And like in business, it's always like, I'm always putting this in a, in a, like, oh man, this is scary. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's just kind of how I've lived my life last 17 years. So, but I, I do it with my personal shit too. Yeah. You you know, I got to separate that. That's, uh, that's funny. That's deep. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I've got a... It is. No, I've got a life coach, too, and I mean, basically, it turns into, you know, just working on all sorts of issues, but it's turned into, like, business advice, but it is just, like, some of those random things. I'm like, yeah, I got in this fight with this person or argument. He's like, okay, let, let's break this down, or with the, or with my wife, and he's like, okay, let's break it down, and, like, let's let's look at it from this angle. He's like, I know how you feel, but let's look at it from this angle. Do you want to do you want to just keep fighting in your own cage, or you want to actually be free of this? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, call it therapy, whatever. I think it's just becoming a lot more known as the, the there's a lot of difficult shit that we deal with. And it, it's, it's helpful for somebody that's not involved in that particular situation to see it from like that third person perspective. 
not take a side, but also be on your side and that they're trying to help you get through that yeah. and not self-sabotage. Absolutely. Yeah. Here I've got a, this is a, as I said, I, I do like this question. What, what do you want to be known for? I always like, it's been like this forever, but like I, things that are important to me is making sure that I'm giving back to my community that, and, and that is something that we do a lot for, but like, I, I don't look at anyone as a dollar sign as far as like when I, when I run my team, when I'm a part of running my team cause Kobe does a lot of it, but it's, I want to see people succeed. Like I want to see him win. I want to see him win big. Like I want to see people. I want to see like agents on my team become multimillionaires and I don't want them to make it all about money because life's not all about money. I, I certainly don't put it on a pedestal, but when you make money, life tends to be a little bit easier and then you can take that money and go help people. So I just, I want to see the surrounding people around me, like just grow and get better like every day. And generally for me, it's like, sometimes it's just acknowledging my own shit and working on myself and then I can lead better by example. So true. That's powerful. How that answers that. Yeah, no, that's great. The, there's a quote that um, people say, you know, people say that money can't buy happiness. They also say that people that say that have never given it enough of, enough of it away. Yeah. 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 yeah, or they just don't have any money. Yeah, but I mean, the, the fact is, you know, and you can give enough of it away, as you said, helping people, building your business, spending money on training, spending money on yourself to help people. Like, yeah. it's uh, that's what it's there for. Money, money is a tool. You can use it for good or bad. You know, you can have a pistol to go do this or you can have a tool or hammer to go build something yeah. i mean that that's what it's there for um adam thank you man this yeah is, this is fun this is cool oh, what could have gone for two more hours easy for, for sure um we didn't, have a, we didn't have a second one what what are you uh how can people get a hold of you and what's something maybe you're looking for or people that you want to get in contact with um any like so again we're residential real estate so anyone that would be looking to buy sell real estate i'm always willing to help someone if like they're thinking about getting into real estate i would be more than happy to talk to them for me probably my focus is is engaging in more people that want to get into real estate or are in real estate and they're not in part where they want to be and hopefully we can give them the tools to get them to that level so i'm in the attracting agent business at this time good deal yeah and people just find you online yeah you can google google me google and it generally will come into caitlin or someone on our team and then they'll pass it off to me you know david goggins says that as well google me motherfucker uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was basically you'll find me it's great when he <laughs> says that oh man we, we said a lot of f-bombs on this but it's really good uh adam thanks man appreciate yeah, it buddy awesome thank cool. you guys all right